0: In the name of God, amen. Please be seated, everyone. Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush has not burned up. Picture in your mind's eye the terrain of your life, from God's perspective, and imagine the equivalent of burning bushes everywhere. All those things that if you or I stop to notice and engage, might have the power to change you, change me, change the course of our lives. And in your mind's eye, see yourself walking that terrain every day and ask, what does it take for you to stop and notice? Sometimes, sometimes, writes the poet David White, sometimes if you move carefully through the forest, you come to a place whose only task is to trouble you with tiny but frightening requests. Requests that you stop what you're doing right now and to stop what you are becoming while you do it. Questions that can make or unmake a life. Questions that have patiently waited for you. Questions that have no right to go away. And about the burning bush, one rabbi, Lawrence Kushner, has this to say, the burning bush wasn't a miracle, it was a test. God wanted to find out whether Moses could pay attention for more than a few minutes. And when Moses did, God spoke. The trick, you see, is to pay attention to what's going on around you long enough to behold a miracle before falling asleep. There is another world, right here, within this one, whenever we pay attention. So pondering this amazing image, this metaphor of a burning bush as a way that God uses to get our attention, it occurs to me that there are at least three different kinds of burning bushes with distinct things to say to us. There are probably way more than three, but consider, for today, these three. There's first the burning bushes of everyday miracles. It was the Irish poet John O'Donoghue that said once, the most amazing thing about life is that we're here at all, that we exist. From that perspective, life itself is a burning bush and a cause every day for wonder and gratitude. Gratitude, actually, is the cultivation of eyes to see these everyday burning bushes. So here, this riff on gratitude from Garrison Keillor, the patron saint of all Minnesotans. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing and bountiful life and forgive us if we do not love it enough. Thank you for this laptop computer, and for this yellow kitchen table, and for the clock on the wall, and this cup of coffee, and the glasses on my nose, and for these black slacks, and this black t-shirt. Thanks for black, Lord, and for all the colors. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the wherewithal today not to fix a half-pound cheeseburger, and to eat a stalk of celery instead. Thank you for the wonderful son, and for the amazing daughter, and the smart, sexy wife, and the grandkids. Thank you that I haven't had alcohol for low these many months, and thank you that it isn't as big a struggle as I feared to do without, as I feared it would be. Thank you for the odd delight of being 60, part of which is the sheer relief of not being 50. Gratitude, the cultivation of eyes to see, opening us to the small flames of burning bushes that require absolutely no action from us whatsoever, simply to take in, to draw sustenance from, and to live every day with a sense of lavish abundance. Burning bush number one. Then there's this other kind of burning bush. It actually has some urgency to it because it's born of a need, your own or just as often someone else's. It doesn't necessarily have your name on it. It could be anyone's really, anyone who sees, and can respond, God needs someone to step up, and it might be you. It's this open-ended burning bush, as if God were asking, is there anyone out there who sees? Is there anyone who can respond to this? I think of the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus tells in this light. You know, there was a man who was robbed, left for dead on the roadside. And three men go by. Two of them see him, but then decide not to see because they didn't have time and they didn't have room. And one man stopped, not because God was calling him in particular, but because he was there and he saw the need. And he had room, or he made room, in his life to respond. Now, I kid you not, as I was coming to to the cathedral this morning, and I live on the other side of Rock Creek, which means I have to go up that steep hill on Tilden Road, which I often ride my bicycle on when I come to work, and there on the road was a man who had fallen off his bike. And I had just written down the very words I've said to you. And I was late. And there was no one else there. So I rolled down my window and said, Are you okay? And he said, Watch out for the ice, lady. I'm okay. Just, it wasn't my call, right? I was there. The priest and the Levite, they could have just as well been the ones. To, to respond, but it was the Samaritan. Sometimes God just needs who is ever around. Think about the things in the world right now where God is just asking, Does anybody see? Now, the final bush there's the miracles, there's the open ended. This one actually has your name on it. Maybe it has mine. The example of Moses is, uh, is instructive here. God wasn't trying to, just, to get just anybody's attention with that particular burning bush. God was speaking to Moses. And God chose fire to speak to Moses because of the fire that had once burned so fiercely inside him. Remember that Moses was born a Hebrew slave who had been taken from his parents and then raised in a place of great privilege. But growing up, he saw. He saw all the injustice around him, and he grew up angry, and he had violent tendencies. You may remember that he once passed an Egyptian man beating a Hebrew slave and in his rage he killed the Egyptian. Once he tried to break up a fight between two Hebrew slaves fighting and they turned on him and said, "Who are you, Egyptian boy, to tell us what to do?" And so, fleeing his own Inner crisis, maybe fleeing for his life, he runs, and he goes to another country, and he settles there, settles there, and the flame dies out a bit, and he gets married, and he has a few kids, and he mellows a bit under the tutelage of a very wise father-in-law. And it was the sheep of this father-in-law that he was tending to that day when God spoke to him, because God needed him. God needed Moses to go back and to lead his people, his own people out of slavery into freedom. God needed someone strong enough to take on Pharaoh. And so God spoke to Moses in the language of fire, the fire that had burned once so fiercely inside him. Now that fire, Moses' passion, had gotten him into trouble before because it had burned and consumed him, but encountering the bush, encountering the bush, he saw a flame that burned and didn't consume. And God spoke to him and in essence promised him that that passion of his could burn and not consume him, but could rather give him everything he needed to do what he most wanted to do was to bring freedom to his own people, his original call with which he needed to reconnect. suggest to you that in this life, there's a burning bush or two that's meant just for you, and there's one or two that's meant just for me. They don't come around every day, um, and they take some preparation to get ready for, and they usually connect to something way deep inside us, often suffering or an old wound because that's how God is with us. God takes those, that raw material and reworks and reweaves it and allows at the right time goodness and strength for others to come out of what we first experienced as sorrow and even shame. And so I invite you today to consider the many burning bushes around you. Consider the miracles that are there just to give you joy and sustenance and a sense of wonder. Consider the one or two that might cross your path just because you were in a place where help was needed and you had help to give. And then consider the one that's for you now calling forth from you all that you are, all that you have to give, all that once burned in you, and be ready and willing to offer and say yes. Maybe you're there right now and you already know it, and if so, I bless you in that space. And if you're wondering what it might feel like, simply pay attention to what's deep inside you and how God would speak to you if God chose the very best thing, the, the smartest thing, to get your particular attention. Pay attention. Ponder. Dare to observe and watch. And be ready to say yes when the flame starts to burn with your Wholehearted. Yes.